ahead and take your Bibles, if you would, and turn to Revelation chapter 3. Tony, that's the last book in the Bible, just, just, just to let you know. Now, how many of you have seen or heard of the movie The Sixth Sense? Some of you haven't. <laughs> okay. Well, um, it came out in 1999. And here are 25 seconds from a clip advertising said movie. You know the accident up there? Yeah. A lady, she broke her neck. Oh, my God. Where is she? Standing next to my window. You have a secret, but you don't want to tell me. I see dead people walking around like regular people. I don't see anything. Are you sure they're there? They're everywhere. I see dead people walking around like regular people are you sure they're there they're everywhere revelation chapter 3 verse 1 to the angel of the church in sardis write these are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of god and the seven stars jesus is speaking to john the apostle and Jesus says in this message to them through John, to the Christians in the city of Sardis, I know your deeds, you have a reputation. Okay, let's pause for a moment. What is your reputation? If somebody knows you or somebody's different people are talking about you, what are they saying about you? What kind of reputation do you have with other people? Oh, she's such a flirt. Or if they say, Tom, he loves to deer hunt. Or, you know, she's really quiet unless you get her started talking, then she just continues talking. She's a great conversationalist. Or, or he's the nicest person in the world. The way she loves her kids and her grandkids is just amazing. You think people don't have an opinion about you? I can promise you, even if you're not famous and thousands or millions of people don't know you, those that know you have an opinion about you. Your reputation goes there. I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, which is great. Sounds good. But you are dead. Not so good. So, I like it when people speak well of me. Don't you like it when people speak well of you? I like it whenever I get a thumbs up or a like on a Facebook or an Instagram post. Whenever I do something that makes a difference to somebody and they tell me, I enjoy that. That makes me feel good. Do you like it when people say good things 
about you. I'm sure you do. I mean, really, who wouldn't? I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. And like the boy in the movie, I see dead people walking around like regular people. So when it comes to your relationship with Jesus, are you alive or dead? Here's another question. Which is more important to you? Your reputation, what people think about you, or what Jesus knows about the real you? Okay, so let's say that you are sick. You're not just minor COVID sick, you don't have the flu or a cold, but you're, you actually think you might die sick. You're having so much trouble breathing, you hurt so bad, you can't stand it, what do you do? Somebody says, let's take you to the hospital. You go, no, it's okay, I'll be fine, you know, this, this crushing pressure on my chest, it'll go away, it's just indigestion. That bone sticking out of my leg, no problem, it's just a flesh wound. No, I don't really need to go and get medical attention. I'll be okay. I have never known anybody who enjoyed living. That if they thought they were in serious trouble, but they enjoyed living, if they thought if I go and get medical help that I'm going to get better and I can enjoy living again, I have never known anybody who enjoyed living. If they thought they could get medical help and get better, I've never known them to refuse that medical help so they could get better and enjoy living again. Never have. Maybe there's some weird person that does that. I, I don't know. On the other hand, so, Jesus finds you spiritually sick. And, and he says to you, um, you have an immediate need spiritually, and you need to address this. When he says that to you, do, do you deny his evaluation, his diagnosis? Do you dispute what he says? Do you say, well, it's because of my history I'm that way. Or it's somebody else's fault that I'm that way. Or maybe you go, okay, yeah, Jesus, I know I have this difficulty, and I'm going to take care of it sometime. You've never dealt with Jesus that way, have you? I mean, whenever Jesus makes clear to you through what somebody says to you, through your reading scripture, through maybe the words of a song, through maybe a communion meditation like Rick gave, whenever Jesus makes it clear to you that there is something you need to do and you need immediate spiritual help, you don't ever put him off, do you? Are you, are you alive or dead? Revelation 3 verse 2. Wake up, strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have found your deeds unfinished in the sight of my God. Okay, let, let's say 
you, um, can you imagine what it would be like waking up dead and finding yourself standing in front of Jesus? Knowing it's him, the first thing that you and I would do is that we would fall on our face. We would no longer be standing. And in that instant, in that instant, if we've not taken the immediate care that he wants us to, and we're far from, in that instant, we, we, we know. And it's like there's this movie that maybe has gone before our eyes, and we recall every time that he told us that he wanted us to correct something. He wanted us to do something different. He wanted us to start something. And we remember the excuse that he gave. And it, maybe it happens over a long period of time. Maybe all that stuff just happens instantly. And we just, we just know all those things that he told us to do. And we put them off. And we didn't do it. Can you imagine waking up dead, standing in front of Jesus, falling on your face, and knowing that instantly? We knew we had time to correct things. We were going to live, and later on, we were going to take care of things, but we didn't get around to doing it. For I have found your deeds unfinished in the sight of my God. Might there be something unfinished between you and God? Wake up, strengthen what remains and is about to die. Well, this strengthen business, that sounds like work to me. Personally, I would like it if when Jesus points out to me, Robin, this is what you need to stop, this is what you need to start, this is what you need to tweak and do differently. Whenever he tells me this, it would be great if, if I could just say, okay, God, you just hop in and you just, you just zap me and make me okay there. I give your permission to do that. And sometimes he may do that. If there's something that is in our lives and we give God permission to correct us or change us, then he may do that instantly. But what I found out is typically God doesn't do that. What I found out personally is whenever God shows me something he wants me to work on, the word is work on. And if I'm going to get stronger in areas that he points out, then he expects me to do my part to strengthen myself. None of this magical stuff where he just says zap and it doesn't work that way. What sort of spiritual exercises might God be calling you to? Might he be saying, I want you to get into my book and read every day. I want you to pray every day. And when you pray, I don't want you to just pray asking me for stuff. I want you to pray for other people. I want you to pray and ask what you can do for me. Or maybe simply on, right now on the other side, there are electives going on. And at 1030, there will be electives going on. Maybe you simply need to go to one of those. We have life groups that meet different times. Maybe that's something you would, maybe on a Tuesday night, go to the women's Bible study. Maybe on Wednesday night, go to the men's Bible study. Maybe starting April the 6th, Mama Bear Apologetics on Wednesday night, 6.30, right? That's when it begins. Maybe 
Maybe there's a youth event that we need to be involved in. I don't know. But I'll bet you do. I'll bet God has communicated to you what he wants you to do, though, though I don't know what he wants. Will you do what he wants you to do to strengthen your relationship? Are you dead or alive? Remember, therefore, Revelation 3.3, 3, what you have received and heard, hold it fast and repent. So, so what have these Christians in Sardis received and heard that they're supposed to hold on to? You've received this and you've heard it. Hold it fast and repent. So what is it that they've received and heard that they're supposed to hold fast to? I think they've, they've heard the truth about Jesus. Now, if you have any Bible knowledge at all, there are a number of places that we find things about Jesus that are truthful. I've come up with one here, and I think it kind of summarizes the truth of Jesus. And it's something that in Luke chapter 9, if you want to go there, Luke chapter 9, Jesus himself has talked about this. And I think he kind of focuses it on, on what is really important for you and I to do in following him. And this is the truth we need to hold on to. Luke chapter 9, beginning with verse 23. Then he, Jesus, said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. That's hard. And yet, Jesus says if we are to follow him, we deny ourselves. It's not that we deny ourselves pizza, or we deny ourselves donuts, or, or we deny ourselves watching TV. It's that we deny ourselves ourselves. And that we give up our right to make choices and give them over to Jesus so that he makes those choices in it. And, and then the part about the cross, that has to do with dying. Taking up our cross daily has to do with our dying to ourself on a continuing basis. And then following after Jesus. I mean, is there any other way that we can really take that? I don't think so. For whoever wants, and, and Jesus goes ahead and says, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit the very self? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. Is following Jesus easy? Is, is following Jesus a, a casual thing? Is following Jesus an on-again, off-again thing? And the answer to all three of those questions is No. Remember, therefore, what you have received and heard. Hold it fast and repent. How well are you holding on to the truth about Jesus? 
Are you holding it loosely? Are you holding on to the truth about Jesus, even the hard stuff? Are you holding on to the truth about Jesus as if it were the most important thing in the world to you all the time? Remember, therefore, what you have received and heard. Hold it fast and repent. But if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief. And you will not know at what time I will come to you. Are you ready at this moment for Jesus to tap you on the shoulder and say, come on? Because he can. He could. Are you and I ready at any moment? On a different occasion, um, also during Jesus' early ministry on earth, which is 60 years before he's having this conversation with John and to the Christians in the city of Sardis. Matthew 24 is where we're going next. But Jesus spoke then about when he would come back again. Matthew 24, 42. He says, therefore keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come in an hour when you do not expect him. Are you ready right this moment? For Jesus to tap you on the shoulder and say, come on, let's go. Are you alive or are you dead? Yet you have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes. So these people who have not soiled their clothes, are, what, what, what are they like, Mother Teresa? Are they like Billy Graham? Or are they perfect? No, they're not. Then, then what is the deal for these people? Few people who have not soiled their clothes. For these few people have decided that they want to follow Jesus. And after they have decided they want to follow Jesus, they are continuing. They are continuing in that journey. They are continuing to listen to him and for him. They are continuing to obey. They are continuing to repent. They are awake. They are alive. They are more concerned about what Jesus thinks about them than what other people think about them. The reputation that they have, they're concerned that the reputation is what Jesus knows about them than anybody else. They will walk with me dressed in white, for they are worthy. So, so why are these Christians, why are these few Christians in Sardis worthy? Are they worthy because of what they have done? Actually, they are not worthy because of what they've done. Their worthiness, as Rick mentioned in his communion meditation, they are worthy because of what Jesus has done, what Jesus continues to do. Jesus came to give mercy for us because we cannot measure up on our own. 
Their worthiness is based upon what Jesus has done. Our worthiness is based upon what Jesus has done. Have you ever been in a relationship? And friendship, dating, whatever. And when you're with this person, it's great. You are doing things that's exciting, you've never done before. You go places, they're bringing qualities out of you that you never knew existed. It's stimulating to be with them. They challenge you. And, but then again, they don't always do what they say. If they're going to meet you somewhere, sometimes they don't show up. If they say they're going to come and get you and take you somewhere, they don't come. Or if you're supposed to go and get them and meet them in a certain place, they're not there. And so really, you have these highs and these lows. They're kind of flaky. And so after a while, their flakiness is driving you nuts. And it so far outweighs all the other things. How does that really... You ever been in a relationship like that? Ever had people that are friends or whatever, and they're, they're just kind of weird and, fla- and and you can't depend on them? How does that relationship work? So in our relationship with Jesus, because we're kind of flaky, and, and we're not always dependable, is Jesus looking for perfection? He is not. Jesus is looking for those who can be counted on. Jesus is looking for people who want to be engaged in a relationship with him. Jesus is looking for those people who are willing to take what he says and do what they can to put it into practice. Jesus is looking for people of integrity. He is looking for those who seriously want, in spite of their flaws, which we all have, Jesus is looking for those who seriously want to be in a relationship, a relationship with him. Jesus is not interested in our perfection. He is interested in our relationship. We will never be worthy on our own. He wants to be in relationship with us. Is your relationship with Jesus alive or dead? The one who is victorious will, like them, be dressed in white. That's us. Because of what Jesus has done and our being in relationship with him. I will never blot out the name of that person from the book of life, but will acknowledge that name before my Father and his angels. Are you perfect in any relationship in which you are engaged right now? And yet, there are relationships that you are in. You know whether the relationship, an earthly relationship we have, you know if it's a good relationship, you know if that relationship is alive, even though I'm not perfect and the other person, you know if you have a good relationship. And I would suggest that you know the condition of your relationship with Jesus. Is it perfect? No. Is he perfect? Yes. Do you have a good relationship? Yes. Can it be better? I'm listening. When all is said and done, you and I know if our relationship with Jesus is alive or dead, We know whether a relationship is healthy.
Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. What is God's Spirit saying to you right now? What is God's Spirit saying to you right now? Would you bow your head, please? Is your relationship with Jesus dead or alive? I'm thinking for most of us in this room that it's, that it's alive. Or is a relationship with him maybe in life support? Now, in a good relationship that we would have with him, what is it that Jesus would want us to do to make that relationship better? When you get quiet, what is God's Spirit calling you to do to deepen your relationship with Him? Is there some sort of spiritual discipline? Is there some sort of spiritual exercise that He wants you to be engaged in or to be more serious about so that your relationship with Jesus is better? Are you willing to give Jesus permission to do what he needs to do in your life to make your relationship better? Are you willing to listen to him and to begin even today what he calls you to do to strengthen your relationship with him? When church is over, if you have something you'd like to talk about, or you would like to know what to do to deepen your relationship. If you are in this room and you have never become a Christian, then when church is over and you exit into the lobby, look to your right, and there is a sign that says next steps. And there will be someone there who can talk with you. You'll go down the hall where it's private and you and they can talk. If you're watching online, and you have a question, you want to talk about any of these things, you want to become a Christian, if you will get in touch with us with the information you see on the screen, we will call you and get in touch with you no later than tomorrow. Father in heaven, I thank you that we can never be worthy of what you've done for us. And yet, you have seen, it, seen us worth the life of your son, that he came, we were worth enough to him in our sinful condition that he gave himself for us to rescue us, to redeem us, to forgive us, to establish with us a relationship if we take it. And so, Father, may those of us that are listening May we take that relationship. May we listen to you and let you show us what we do to do our part, to better our part of the relationship. May we live in such a way that when we are out in the world and with our families, that people can see a difference in us. And we can engage them when the opportunity presents itself to share with them about Jesus and what he can do for them. Father, thank you for Jesus coming. May we live in such a way that we please you.
We pray in Jesus' name.